Indian River Walk-In Clinic was voted best urgent care two years in a row. Why? Because it is the best. With great providers, convenient hours, great location, a staff that cares, Indian River Walk-In Clinic Miracle Mile has a 95% patient satisfaction rate. Best part is Indian River Walk-In Clinic is moving to a brand new space twice the size, just a few doors down from their present location. So if you need fast, friendly medical care, visit Indian River Walk-In Clinic Miracle Mile Plaza. They'll make you feel better now. There'd just be one Cajun Cove in Vero, and it'd be on Raw Palm Point. Cajun Cove mm, for Cajun food. Edufe, jambalaya duo, gumbos, shrimp creole with rice, shrimp grits sauteed or fried, red beans and rice, traditional Cajun boils, cornbread with sweet butter, how about Cajun calamari, grilled fish, blackened chicken. It's all happening at Cajun Cove. There'd just be one Cajun Cove in Vero Beach, and it's on Raw Palm Point for lunch, dinner, two day, two night. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this. And I'm going to say it, even though those of you on the podcast may be hearing this a year from now, a month from now, whatever, the first day of March of 2016. I still cannot believe that we are almost done with the first quarter of 2016. My life has been insane since this year started, and it's been amazing the things that have happened and the things that haven't happened. And what I love about New Year's and, and as we progress into March is that hope of spring, of change, the seasons moving along, the year moving along, and every day is a new day to begin living your dream and connecting to it and having the life of vibrancy that you deserve and that you're meant to have. And the beauty of that is I get to bring you such amazing guests. And one of them is actually in the studio with me today. My dearest friend for over, we were trying to figure it out the other day, we think over 20, 25 years, something like that, um, is down visiting me here in Florida. And I convinced her to be live with me on the radio because I have to tell you that I swear she literally saved my life a couple of times. I don't know where I would have been health-wise if she had not been in my life. So let me tell you a little bit about Sue. Sue Graves is a holistic nurse clinician. She has over 30 years in the study and use of complementary and alternative therapies, including the fields of nutrition, homeopathics, phenolics, herbs, sound, color, and bioenergetic therapies. She's trained doctors and other practitioners both internationally and in the U.S., Prior to her work in the alternative field, she taught nursing at the University of Massachusetts and other schools of nursing. She has done extensive clinical research and has worked in several hospital settings, and she presented a case study to a White House commission on complementary and alternative therapies. She is a founding member of the Trauma in- I cannot speak this morning, Sue. Founding member of the Trauma Imaging Foundation, a nonprofit multi-specialty physician group dedicated to the accurate diagnosis and treatment of brain and spinal trauma. She is active in their current research of advanced trauma diagnosis using, utilizing novel operate MRI protocols. What I love about Sue is she asks some of the most brilliant questions that you would never think to ask. And the reason she's doing what she did is because she has always lived a life of curiosity. So please welcome Sue to the show. Thank you, Laura. It's, and thank you for that long-term friendship, <laughs> which has also enriched my life. Well, thank you. And Laura talked about curiosity, and I think 
my natural inclination as a child would be a lot like probably Curious George that you might recognize. George was always curious and sometimes got in trouble, and that would probably be true for me. But my curiosity led me to search very many different fields of healing. I was always interested since a child on how people got well. And that probably was because when I was four, I had an appendectomy and saw that um, many people were there to take care of me. And even as a child, I began to think about what happened and how those people healed me and how I went home. And so naturally, as life went on, I got to play doctor and nurse. And my journey began there. And I began to be interested in not just one modality. You know, that's that's the beauty of what I love about not only our friendship, but your guidance along my health things is you are so curious. I mean, you are genuinely curious about everything going on around you and in the world. I mean, you and I have had politics conversations and I'm like, I just really don't care. <laughs> but you do because you're curious. How has that throughout your life made it easier for you or harder for you to get through in the world? Well, I think that it it made it easier for me because I think I was quite true to myself. And I often think about beagles. I love dogs. I know Laura's a dog lover. But beagles get a, a sniff of something and they're on the trail until they find what they're looking for. And I feel like that's a very good metaphor when I'm working with patients. I really want to understand about their background, about things in their environment that may have caused them to get ill, about their social relationships that may have caused them to get ill, about their internal responses that they weren't able to express to others that may have caused them to get well. And and so for me, I think I was never bored. And I was never bored because I was always curious. And I would study a lot of different modalities. I began studying herbal therapies. And it's not that I thought I was going to be an herbalist. I was just curious. I began to study many things in the yogic world what kind of natural healing existed there for our bodies. And I began to study homeopathy and crystal healing and healing with light and healing with sound. And I think some people who were my close friends at that time thought, Sue, you never stick with one thing. I would agree with them on that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not that I I didn't feel a need to stick with one thing because that one thing didn't necessarily hold all the answers I was looking for. And I began to think, oh, I'm just collecting a lot of tools. And those tools may help different people because all of us are so uniquely different. You know, we're all common. We have hearts that beat and livers that detoxify and 
you know, bodies that need to be stretched and moved, and we need food and water. We all need those things. But we all respond differently to illnesses, and we all respond differently to the modalities that will help us get better. And so I think I was just looking for those. I was building those tools just like a carpenter. He might start out as a journeyman and be learning and build more tools, and pretty soon he can be a cabinet maker. I think I did that. I also have a natural love for travel. So my natural love for travel helped me collect more information that I used eventually in my healing world. I also just love to travel for fun, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and you're re- you're really great at that. So you just said something really fascinating to me and interesting, you know, that you're building up your toolbox and that mm-hmm. not everybody responds the same way, which seems so opposite to most of modern medicine as we know it in the West. Mm-hmm. It's, okay, you have this symptom, so therefore take this pill, and then they don't understand why that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. In the alternative complementary theory homeopathic world that's not necessarily the case you're really digging deep with questions to understand more than just the manifestation of the symptom correct you're looking deeper to try to find what is the the root cause right i'm i'm looking for the variants of how one responds internally or externally for example Many people, when you say, good morning, how are you? You know, we just say, oh, fine, how are you? Inside, we might be really crabby. And, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that yeah. right after we come back from the commercial break, because you just helped me by writing something on a piece of paper, and I was in a totally irritated state, and I've completely shifted because of something you did. So what I'd like everybody to think about as we go into this commercial break is looking at your life so far, what tools have you begun to collect for your toolbox that is helping you along your life journey and your purpose and is helping other people? All right, so think about that. What are the tools that you have in your toolbox? You might not realize what they are right away. We'll be right back with more from Sue Graves. So Sue, before the the commercial break, we were talking about you know that whole internal and external conversation and, and your life of curiosity and how... You may ask somebody, how are you this morning? And they say, fine, but internally, a lot's going on. Well, this morning, I began to realize I was really angry, and I couldn't figure out why, and I was having a reaction to some, I think, medications that sort of toxified my body, and I didn't have all the remedies at home that you were looking for. So this morning, you wrote something down on a piece of paper, handed it to me, said, stick it in your bra, and in like two seconds, I started feeling a shift And my mood has completely changed because of what you wrote on that. Now, I know this is a little out there for some of you, and it may not always work on everybody. I happen to have, over the 20-plus years of friendship with Sue and my own intuitive work, learned how to be more aware of what's going on. I'm not perfect at it (laughs) by any means. But can you talk to us about what you meant by how you can help people clear through or or just that whole internal external conversation mm-hmm. well i think that you know many of us go through the world with expected behaviors that are cultural and society usually demands that but internally we don't feel that way and we don't get to express 
ourselves. You know, there is appropriate and inappropriate anger, but many times people are in an environment that isn't suitable for them. They can't express themselves, and they begin to feel more and more shut down, and they begin to feel really that they don't have value, that they then begin to lose confidence, and they begin to retreat into themselves, and they begin to judge the world in a way that they continue to feed themselves as to their inability to actually be very valuable in the world. Now, many people, I will ask a patient in in my room, if you feel angry, do you feel like you want to talk about it with someone, or do you want to slam the door and go in your room? Oh, that's and, interesting. I never thought of it that way. Uh-huh. Okay. And depending on the answer they give me, begins to tell me about someone. Those who have the need to go right ahead and move towards the situation and want to solve it right away, those people would require a certain remedy that might be called pulsatilla. Now, that that remedy, in the background of that remedy, often there might be a situation of abandonment. Now, abandonment doesn't have to always mean the biggest problem in the world. It doesn't have to mean, oh, I had a divorce. It could mean that. It could be dad left or mom left or no one came to my, you know, school recital. On any level, when we feel that we we were abandoned, you know, it could be just a friendships or, or you got stood up for a date and, and you begin to feel a certain panic and a certain anxiety and a certain questioning, what's wrong, what's wrong? You know, sometimes those people, when that's your nature, it relieves their anxiety to be able to go ahead and have a conversation with someone. Okay. Then they feel better. They go, oh, okay. They feel that that's resolved because they have a certain level of anxiety that won't let them let go of that. It's like a dog and a bone. You know, they're going to get that bone. They could really continue to irritate the people <laughs> in their environment. <laughs> so, so that's one way a certain group of people respond. Now, also, people who need to just get away from the situation, those people often actually, their nervous system needs time to sort itself out. It needs quietness. And the person that they might be having the altercation with, and it could be just somebody fighting with their sister or a kid fighting with their mom. This happens at all different age groups and all different levels of um, development. But when someone needs to move away from a situation that's causing anxiety or anger, it's better to let them go. Let them go in their room, close the door, and then they'll be ready to come out and talk about it. It might take a few hours, it might take a day, but their cortisol levels get so exacerbated when someone's expecting them to stay in the conversation. And the cortisol hormones are what, for those of my listeners, you might not be aware of it? Those are 
the hormones that our adrenal glands express when we're in that fight-or-flight situation. Okay. So if a dog's coming at us, you know, our adrenaline's going to get spiked up, and we're going to either run the other way or fight the dog. So fortunately, we don't have to do that very much, hopefully. But that same response can happen in a work situation where you have a boss that just isn't going to listen to you or is misjudging you, but you, you can't say anything. You can't express yourself. You, maybe you're the kind of person who wants to go forward, as we just talked about, and, and wants to get resolution. But again, that situation doesn't allow you to. You can't question the boss. You worry that you might lose your job. So on, a, on that level, when you're the person who needs to express themselves and can't, illness can begin at that point, too, because you feel misjudged and you begin to retreat into yourself. So you're not retreating necessarily into the room. You're retreating into yourself and you begin to ruminate. And as those hormones of stress affect our whole body, we begin to get headaches or we might have a stomach ache. You know, our, our joints might become stiff because everything's stuck in the cells. So what do we need to do? We need to work on getting those issues out of the tissues. And as we do, we begin to feel better. So that's where we see different therapies help people. Some people need talk therapy. Some people need to go for a walk and are better for moving. Some people, as I said before, need need that quiet space. Some people need to hit things like punching bags and things like that. Some people do need to do that. Uh, many questions that I ask ask my patients um, is, are you very safety conscious? Um, do you need life very organized? Do your friends know, if you're angry, do your friends know you're angry? Um, if things aren't neat in your environment... Is that a situation that creates anxiety for you? Are you a risk taker? Do you have a hot temper? And people aren't used to those questions, and it causes a certain amount of introspection. But it's really that I just want to know how they live in their internal world. Because the internal world can determine their health? Yes, the internal world and not getting resolution on their needs can create the inability to function in the best way that you want to be able to express yourself in the world. So, okay. I mean, it's not that everybody can express themselves in everything, but if people are constantly shut down and, and have no pathway for expression, then illnesses build. Now, you've been on a path of doing this for over 30 years now, and actually longer than that. I mean, um, you traveled the world at the age of 19 in order to um, talk about America and talk about faith and talk about a lot of different things. That's not something that every 19-year-old girl from uh, Wisconsin (laughs) gets to do, an all-expense-paid trip, basically, Mm -hmm. to do these kind of things. When we come back from the the news break, I want to talk some more about that and how those different experiences brought you to where you're at. But just before we go into the break, 
you know, you talked about this internal world and different things that people can do. So what can somebody be thinking about as we go into the break to help them connect to that internal world? Well, I think one thing, you know, some people like to journal. Personally, I'm not one of those people, <laughs> but but I think it is is a useful tool, and I think that some people could learn to meditate because they might begin to see what kind of activity is going on in their mind when they're actually not engaged in an activity. So I think yoga, I think meditation, I think, you know, conscious breathing techniques, all of those things that slow down the repetitive thoughts in your mind will help you understand what's actually driving those thoughts that drive you a little crazy at times. That's great. And we do have a, a huge list of uh, questions that Sue asks her um, incoming uh, clients as, as well. But when we come back from the news break, during the, the news break, for these on the podcast, just pause so that you can do this exercise that I'd like you to do. And then tweet to me at, at the Laura Stewart what are you doing to help you connect to your internal world to understand what's going on inside versus outside? Tweet to at the Laura Stewart and let us know. We'll be right back with more from the unbelievable, incredible Sue Gray. Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. So, Sue, I alluded to the fact, well, alluded, I actually said outright, actually, that at the age of 19, you were selected to travel around the world, and I love this on Pan Am, back when... Uh, you know, Pan Am was still the airline, and it was amazing with the little Pan Am hand with the pocketbook and the whole thing. And if you don't get that, um, you're just too young. Because <laughs> I still remember it. How did, you know, you were in nursing college at that time, and this trip changed your life in so many ways. How did that happen? Well, Laura, I was really lucky and uh, blessed. I was I was chosen to go to a youth conference in um, Lebanon, Beirut, Lebanon, and I'm revealing my age. It was still a beautiful place. A, a beautiful place. It was considered the Paris of the Mediterranean, and indeed it was. And But the trip developed into a full summer-long trip around the world, going to Europe and then going to this conference in the Middle East. And we went to 13 countries. But because I was a nursing student at that time, um, in in when I was in India, I had many chances to see other ways that people chose to be healed. I first had an introduction to Ayurvedic medicine. Now, many of you have since heard that term, but it was totally new to me. And it was an herbal and lifestyle treatment. But I also got to see surgeries and to see elephantiasis, and I got to go out with public health teams into the small villages, and I got to go to leprosy clinics and to see many diseases, but also many therapies that, you know, I had never been exposed to in the West. And so really, I wanted to know what they were doing and Luckily, there was a very nice young doctor who took me around to all of these clinics and 
introduced me to people who could begin to give some answers. So that was a early stimulus, and I also began to see many other temples in India and in Burma and in Thailand and saw that people were also using different spiritual techniques as their healing. So I just took my time from there, went back, had to do my regular studies at the university, but then, you know, gradually went back to remembering the situations that I had there and thought, well, a lot of the answers we have, our Western medicine is very good. You know, you break your leg, you need to go to the ER. But that there were many chronic diseases that seemed to not respond to some of the normal pharmaceutical therapies. And so I began to look at those and and travel more in the world. So many, many times I've gone back to India. I've gone to Europe where homeopathy was more common than it was in America at that time, and and basically fell in love with that particular way of helping people get better. Now, when when you were doing this traveling around the world, you were with a Baptist group. I was. And yet you were exploring different faith and spiritual practices. How did that go over with the group you were with, and did it create any kind of internal conflict for you? Well, actually, it didn't. <laughs> that, that, and that, that's a great sign that yes. it's something meant to be, right? Yes, and you don't I have think that so. conflict. First of all, I was the, you know, I usually don't talk about this, but I was the president of the Wisconsin Baptist Youth, and that was really the reason that I was able to take this trip. And it was a very humbling experience because youth groups and Women groups were actually having fundraisers to raise the money so that I could take this trip, which at that time was very expensive. And Laura already revealed my age, but I was on one of the early around-the-world flights of Pan Am. And You're actually ageless, but that's ageless, right. my opinion. But I just opened my mind to the whole world, but I remember being in Buddhist temples. And, you know, some people in my group felt like, oh, they're worshiping idols and you know the external observer would just assume that and yet I understood that more was going on I didn't know what it was but that also led me to study very many different religious cultures so I I have been lucky to have many mentors in those other philosophies you know it's interesting that you said the, to the external eye, basically. That's how it would appear. And I had a show on where I had a reverend, a rabbi, and a swami in mm-hmm. my studio, and we talked about the faith journey. And at the end of it, everybody realized how similar, actually, mm-hmm. the path to faith is. It may take on a different public persona, but internally, it's a very similar conversation. How do you describe, I mean, can you describe for somebody, that internal conversation around around faith and knowing your purpose of, of this journey that you've been on? Well, I think that one thing I see in my practice with patients that I've worked with over all these years, and, and with myself too, 
is I think one of the most important thing is as we move through the world that we have a sense of peacefulness within ourselves, but also of hopefulness. I think one of the most damaging problems that many, many people have is feeling there's no solution for me, whether it's a financial situation, whether you know it's a health situation or a relationship situation, anything that causes us to feel hopeful helps us, an environment that just helps us feel depressed and sad, you know, creates illness. And so I think the faith that you can find peacefulness in is what's good for you. I mean, that's my personal philosophy. So, you know, if that means you're in church on Sunday morning and singing hymns that bring you joy and listening to your minister that brings you joy, then I think you know that you felt the found the right place. If that doesn't resonate with you, some people want to be by themselves and do their own meditation and their own prayerfulness at the ocean. You know, they they still are acknowledging something that they feel is greater than their themselves and they find comfort in that. So I think Many people also are just culturally the country they're raised in. You know, that that leads them to find hope in that way. And some people early on feel there are other ways. And I think I was one of those people who, as I traveled the world, I saw people worshiping in different ways and understood that that, that is what they were comfortable with. And your your travels didn't just change your faith philosophies, it changed your whole idea around healing. Completely. So looking at that whole, you know, like taking what you just talked about, about the faith and, and sort of getting quiet and figuring out, does this lift you? Does this make you feel right? Do you know in your gut or in your being that this is the right thing? For those who are trying to find themselves or find their healing journey, that same rule kind of applies, I would think. You know, for me, I when I had been misdiagnosed multiple times and told it's all in my head, I'm, I'm sick because I'm depressed because I'm not with a man, when I got quiet with myself, I knew. And everybody, that honestly really happened. The chief of infectious disease of a major hospital told me that. I was sick because I was depressed because I wasn't with a man. And I knew in my gut that that was not the truth <laughs> at the time. People asked me how I let the guy live. I was like, okay, he's just not the right one. And I know Sue, you and I had talked after that, but I was like, I know there's something wrong. And if I hadn't pursued that, I wouldn't have found out that there really was something seriously wrong with me. And it, it would have progressed even further without that. So if you're, if you're listening, Sue and I really want you to get that you know deep inside of you what's right and what's not right for you. And, and then you just need to explore. And I think when we do have those moments of peacefulness inside where we have clarity, those are the times we know when we're in the right spot, whether it's in a medical office or whether it's in a church or in a friendship circle. For myself, Laura, it's like I feel like I have an internal compass 
and I feel like that. And I do genuinely feel like that. I feel like in my heart and, and in my brain <laughs> that as if I'm steering. I'm steering myself in a direction. And honestly, I don't always know the direction. That's okay with me. Um, if I'm trying to make a life change or or make a decision about a vacation or moving or, you know, any of the numerous decisions we have to make in life, I have learned to, over time, trust my inner self, trust my gut, trust my intuition. I don't even always know why my intuition is leading me in a particular way. I'll tell you a very simple story uh, that should, do we have time? Oh, yes. Should should illustrate this. And this is, I years ago, I was driving my son to nursery school, and I... Hi, Ian, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and, and Kirsten. And I was having a guest, and I needed to go to the store and um, get some broccoli and mushrooms for a casserole I was making for a guest. And the store near the nursery school that I would normally go to... Um, my my intuition, I actually heard the words, go to Walbombs. Well, Walbombs doesn't exist anymore. I but used it, to work there. <laughs> but it did. And I thought, why in the world would I go to Walbombs? I used to go to Stop and Shop. And so I went to Walbombs, and I got the mushrooms and the broccoli. Okay, I got in the car, big deal. So I thought, well, why in the world? So I went to Stop and Shop. <laughs> to just check it out, check out the produce department. And I got there. There were no, it was Monday morning. There were no mushrooms and broccoli. (laughs) And and so I sometimes like to tell that story because it's the simplest story. And the, the point of the story is I listened to myself. And I think one good technique is if you don't feel confident in listening to yourself, give yourself a couple of tests where it's inconsequential, you know, if the mushrooms and broccoli weren't there and my intuition was wrong, so what? You know? So right. it's learning not to be afraid to trust yourself. And I think a lot of people are afraid. And, you know, sometimes I am too. I'm like, oh, no, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> but it turns out to be the right thing, you know? So, so I think it's slowly over time you build that internal, con, you know, confidence, and internal certainty, even if everyone around you thinks that, maybe from a financial point of view, that you're doing the wrong thing. But if you know you're doing the right thing, and you follow what you know to be true for yourself, you're going to stay healthier, number one, and you're going to be happier. You may not make everyone around you happy. Oh, that's a good point. But it's okay. Because your health and it's your life. And I'm a very considerate person. I think Laura would say that. I do very much care about those around me and how I affect them. But I also know that I have to, at many times, chart my own course with consideration for other people. Right. You're not going to purposely hurt somebody, but you're also not going to not do what you know you need to do for yourself. Sometimes people don't like that. Right. You know, and right now I can tell you I, I I live in Connecticut. I have a practice there, but I'm also thinking of relocating at some point and to Florida. I <laughs> Florida I, will be part of the plan. I want her here, <laughs> but you know, some people will talk to me, friends in Connecticut, and like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, 
I don't know. And they just look at me and a real estate agent said, well, first you need to know where you're going. And I said, well, actually, you don't know me, but I actually don't need to know. And the reason I don't need to know is that when the time comes, I will know. Because right now, my compass is just saying go. You know, it's not pointing due north. It's not pointing south, (laughs) east or west. It's pointing time to move. And that's what I know to be true. And when I stay with that thought and take actions to move towards that, I feel good. I feel happy. When I begin to question myself, I actually notice that I, you know, start to get a little depressed or, you know, if I ask myself too many what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, you know, just like everyone else, I can really start to um, ask myself too many questions. (laughs) Yeah, and you can. If you're asking the wrong questions, you can get so caught up in the fear and get stopped. So when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to be talking more with Sue Graves and what I'd like you to think about right now and tweet to me at the Laura Stewart. What is your gut telling you right now? What are you not doing or doing that you know is the right thing to do? We'll be right back with more from Sue Graves. Now, most of my life, I've always believed that health was something that the doctors, you know, can help you with, that Western medicine was the only way to go. And then my gut told me, no, that's not it. There has to be more. And it led me to Sue. So, Sue, I want to talk about this whole idea of homeopathy and alternative and complementary therapies. I've had people on that do EFT. We've had a, a number of different healers and practitioners on the show because I'm a, a big believer in it. I want people to understand it. What exactly is it like visiting um, a practitioner like you? So if somebody were to come to you, what's, what's it like? It's very different than just going to a medical doctor and spending five minutes with them. Um. Yeah, yeah, I usually spend about two hours with a patient, my new patient, and my follow-up visits are about an hour because really the essence of I needing to try to find the essence of someone and as importantly is why they began ill. When did, when did they first notice these symptoms? But I also, I want to back up for a minute, Laura, and say that, you know, my early education was in Western medicine and nursing and I, as a practitioner, I really like the idea of complementary. You know, I have many medical doctors who refer patients to me. And And you've referred me to an MD and said you need to get an antibiotic or or this medicine. Yes. So I'm not in conflict. I, I think part of my nature and my curiosity is there is not just one way. Right. At all. And so sometimes people, you know, do need... Uh, pharmaceutical medication, sometimes if they can change some of their life habits, they can perhaps change that. But sometimes all the medications, all the therapy doesn't help, and and yet they're looking for something to rebalance the body. So I think with me, homeopathy, the energetics of homeopathy are determined and what remedy we might use by the way we going back to the idea of how you move through your internal and external world. You know, some people, when I would want to talk to them, what is their sleep pattern like? When do they wake up 
in the middle of the night? Maybe what do they think about or worry about? How is their energy when they get up in the morning? What kind of foods people eat and when they feel good? And then, you know, what are, what are those emotional pieces that have been going on for them? Perhaps what kind of viral background do they have? Many people have had viruses of long standing. So it's like collecting a whole pot of data and then trying to sort through that and see through all of those experience as to which homeopathic remedy may begin to unlock. That's what I think the remedies do. They begin to unlock that illness and open it up so the energy of your own body and your own immune system gets stimulated so that your body does the healing. I, I think it's, it's just a stimulus to our body that works on that body-mind level. And, and people begin to feel different, and when they feel better and they have more energy, they begin to view the world differently. They begin to view themselves differently. One of my beautiful cases is a, a 14-year-old girl had all kinds of digestive issues, because, you know, you all know digestion is just an important factor, how we assimilate food or maybe sensitivities that we have to foods or to chemicals. And this young girl had all kinds of horrible digestive issues and really, um, you know, had no energy. She had, um, you know, certain physiological posture problems from a car accident, and she couldn't get well anywhere. We worked with... Um, decreasing her food sensitivities, changing diet and some chiropractic work. But also we used remedies, a homeopathic remedy, because I knew she was lacking confidence. She had digestive issues. She had sugar cravings. So as a homeopath, I'm looking for all the weird things, and there's no right or wrong answer. But this girl, after about three months of treatment, you know, she... She, her digestive problems have gone. She was standing erect. But the most interesting thing, she said to me, Sue, I don't know why, but the popular kids want to be my friend now. And she was more like the wallflower. And that was one of the happiest things I ever heard. She was a bright girl. And she really said, I don't know why. Oh, that's awesome. So we're, we're almost out of time, unfortunately. Yeah. And a, a couple of people have asked how they can get in touch with you. And do you... Can you um, work with people who are not able to get to Connecticut? Yes, I can. I do do some long-distance patients. I see some people I, who are my clients from California and Maine, really all over the country. And so you would be able to contact my office, and we could go into the details of that. Okay, so how does somebody reach out to the office? Um, the number at the office is 203 254 And repeat that one more time. 203 254-2184. And also we have an email, Sue Graves and Co at optonline.net. Perfect. Sue Graves and Co at optonline.net. And th- Sue, thank you so much for being okay. here today and sharing your expertise. We could talk for hours. Um, everybody I will have up on it's all about the questions.com, all of Sue's contact information if you want to ask her any questions. Thanks for being here. And remember, everybody, the right questions truly can change your life. If you don't know what to ask, reach out to me at uh, laura at laurasteward.com and let's get you asking the right questions. Thank you, Laura. 
This was fun. It was awesome. I hope all of you out there got a few tips. All right. Okay, take care and be healthy. Have a great day, everyone. Remember, the right questions can change your life. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.